Welcome back to The Need to Know, a podcast presented by We Roam Freely. We Roam Freely is a nonprofit organization dedicated to uplifting and showcasing women and non-binary artists of color and fighting against systemic racism in the arts. We have some amazing artists lined up to share their stories and help inspire creators like you along their journey. Stay till the end of our episode to find out more about our current artist opportunities and events. On this week's episode, our host Sayaka chats with her sister-in-law, Chanel. Chanel is a hairstylist, mom of two, cosmetologist, and business owner based in Charlotte, North Carolina. In today's discussion, we're talking about Chanel's not-so-straight path to get to where she is today and the lessons learned along the way. Small disclaimer, you might hear some baby noises and background noises, but that's just the reality of being a boss mom. All right, let's get into it. Greetings, it's Chanel H, and I am coming to you all today from Charlotte, North Carolina, but I am born and raised from Cleveland, Ohio, and I'll be here talking to you all today about different things about myself. Um, For starters, I'm a mother, I'm a cosmetologist, and uh, I'm what you could call a creative being, so I'm into different things, and I'm happy to share those things with you all today. Thank you, Chanel, for taking a little bit of time out your day to talk to us on the need to know. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do on the day-to-day basis and like what your everyday life consists of? Yes, um, my everyday life consists of being a mother to my two small children, my two-year-old and my six-month-old, and also working as a hairstylist. I'm a cosmetologist and I have a salon suite in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I basically specialize in natural hair services and color services and some extensions. Uh, So those things keep me very busy. And outside of doing hair and being a mother, is there anything else you like to dibble and dabble in? Definitely. I'm always dibbling and dabbling in something crafty, um, whether it's making jewelry, whether it's making customized oils. I love working with herbs. Just really anything with my hands, um, I'm really interested in making reefs, all <laughs> kinds of things. It goes from like yeah. like mini Martha Stewart to like super earthy. I can be all over the place. And when you were starting out, when you were younger, did you always know that you wanted to be a hairstylist? Like, how did you come to find that trade and actually like it? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, I remember a specific night where I did one of my cousin's hair um, styles for them. And afterwards, I was like, it's no way in hell I would ever be a hairstylist. I was like, people always moving their heads and getting up. I was like, no way would I do that. So it's really funny that here I am, 33 years old, and I'm a hairstylist and a good hairstylist. Um, So I did quite a few different things straight out of high school. I went to real estate uh, school and um, worked in the real estate field. And that was just something that I thought would get me to success because that was something that a lot of my family members did. Um, But it wasn't what I thought it would be. And I quickly got out of that. I then pursued nursing because I thought that that would get me success. And um, I realized in nursing that yes, I like health and yes, I like caring for people. 
but um, there were some things about the healthcare industry that I didn't agree with. And I just like, I just couldn't go to work every day. It just became a real like personal struggle for me. And I also realized that I was chasing the idea of success that other people told me was success, not my own idea of success. Can you talk to us a little bit about how it was coming into your creative voice, just taking that sharp turn from real estate and nursing to something so creative? Uh, Definitely. I I really had to just try different things. And after multiple tries of basically trying to fit in and trying to fit this mold of, you know, what my family or friends thought was success, I had to just... um, kind of like do an overview of what I was interested in. And it happened when I was working as a nursing assistant and I was polishing everyone's nails. I was buying people lotion. I was doing their hair. I was doing all these like caring and nurturing things. And um, one of the nurses was like, you need to like go to cosmetology school. And um, I thought, okay, great. I'll go and become like an esthetician and I do facials and I'll have a spa and it will be great still running away from doing hair when all my life I was always changing my hairstyles um, I was helping you know people with their hair I was never like a hairstylist but I just like like just dibbled and dabbled in it and um I even started school and told my class, you know, I'm here to be a cosmetologist, but I'm not going to be doing hair. I'll be doing skin. <laughs> I was so against it. And um, while being in cosmetology school, shout out to Brown Aveda in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I just started to like tap into all these different creative things from like just working with the different hair colors and just the different angles that you have to pull the hair from the scalp with hair cutting and it was like kind of like I was pulling from things in my childhood where I like shapes and colors and it just made me feel alive and it was like for the first time in my life I felt like me. What advice would you give to someone who comes from a more controlling family or just someone like you said you felt out of place how did you deal with feeling out of place? Well, what I would tell that person is to, um, if you want to do things on your own terms, you have to be prepared to take care of yourself on your own terms. You have to be prepared to possibly work a job that's not what you want to do to pay your rent so that you can do what you want to do ultimately. You can't really um, get a lot of help from family and, you know, you know especially older family and think you're just gonna do what you wanna do. At least that's that's what I think. I know me personally, I didn't have too much help even with the things my family wanted me to do. You know, I had um, very vocal parents, but they were like, you still gotta get it on your own. So it was even like harder, it was like twice as hard. Like no, no support, just a lot of words. You good, Lena? She says she was there. <laughs> she remembered. So Chanel, can you talk to us a little bit how you went from real estate to nursing? Definitely. Um, I was working in leasing 
which is the property management aspect of real estate. And um, it just it just didn't feel right for me. It was stressful and I just felt really lost. Um, and I decided that maybe I should try something where I could help people more. And I had a close friend who was in nursing school and she's like, you know, you'd be a great nurse. You're into health, you're into wellness. So I was like, hmm, maybe I could be a nurse, which is something I never thought about doing that. But um, I tried to do nursing. Um, my family was like, yes, yes, you need to be a nurse. You need to have for sure income. And um, they were so happy that I wanted to go into the medical field because um, my interests have changed a lot, like even as a child. And so from that, I realized that I wasn't a good fit in the nursing field. I was working as a nursing assistant and I was attending prerequisite classes. But um, as much as I enjoyed the classes, like I love learning about the body, I didn't enjoy working with um, patients as far as like elderly and I just didn't enjoy the whole healthcare system and a lot of the behind the scenes things. It just It just didn't feel natural to me. How did you deal with your family wanting you to have a job with secured income? Because granted, it is something that we want for our children. Like, we don't want our children struggling. Mm-hmm. What I noticed in the black community is that they force these very grand jobs on us. Yeah. And in, in fields that we really can't even afford the education in. Well, for me, I dealt with it. Um, I I had to do everything myself. So... Uh, when my parents, you know, would talk to me about what I needed to do, it kind of started to go in through one ear and out the other. I had to kind of start like, listening as far as being respectful, but I had to tell myself, you know what, you have to do what makes you happy and what can make you money. And um, I just had to find things that felt like me. And while doing that, I had to work some odd jobs. Um, because there was no support. How was it um, being the creative of the family? Uh, it, it could be lonely at times, honestly. Um, and I think when you are a circle or an oval trying to fit in a square, um, you, you need some kind of support. Like you need at least one family member that understands you. Um, they can say, yeah, you know, you know, try this, do that. You need one friend that understands you. Um, but it can feel like really stressful because you have that pressure of, um, of people and that pressure of trying to be successful. And then you have the time clock in the back of your head, like I'm getting older. Okay, by 23, I need to be doing this. By 25, I need to be doing this. By 28, I need to be doing this. Well, by 30, I basically need to be a millionaire which I'm not a millionaire yet, <laughs> but I'm I'm happy and I have joy. And um, when I say you need that one person, it's so important to have just one person. I know for me personally, I had my older cousin who was like, you know what, I want you to find, find your way. And I, I, I even lived with my older cousin for a little bit and she was, she was supportive um, of me just being me and it, it meant the world to me. What was it like taking that jump from real estate and nursing into cosmetology? What what were some of the challenges that you had to overcome? Uh, Well, I had to overcome um, taking people's opinions and 
um, taking what people had to say and like trying to live by that and trying to live by other people's standards. And um, I went through some different things with like people that were close to me um, that were like, you know, you need to become a nurse. Like you'll have set income, like just keeping it real. Like I remember in my 20s, I started to develop a relationship with my dad, um, a relationship that we didn't have growing up. And you know, I needed funding for school. My parents didn't have money, but what my dad could do was uh, be the parent for me on my FAFSA. So when I decided I wanted to go to cosmetology school, that means I needed to change my FAFSA stuff from nursing to, um, you know, to cosmetology. And my dad was completely against it. He didn't want me to use his social security number. He did not support it at all. Um, I remember I was single. I remember even a guy that I was talking to telling me like, no, it's too late to become a cosmetologist. You should have did that in high school. You need clients. He even went as far as naming some people that we knew like, no, you need to be like this person and that person. And um, it was just very discouraging. But it took like, you know, a family member being like, you know, fuck what everybody else is talking about. Like, if that's what you want to do, do it. And if it doesn't work out, you can do something else. And hearing that just sparked something in me because I already knew I tried multiple things and they hadn't worked out. So it was like, okay, let me just add this to the list because nobody is really funding my life, taking care of me. So I need to figure this out and um, do what I have to do to find something that I enjoy. How was it knowing that you had that at least one family member on your side as you're trying to make the, this transition? Can you tell us a little bit about your support system and um, not only who was there to help you through this transition, but how were you able to help yourself? And like, what did you learn about yourself as you're transitioning? Uh, well, it was, it was kind of like, like, I don't know if you've ever heard this saying, like keeping your head above water. It was basically feeling like I was literally swimming, trying to make it through the deepest waters. But it was like that one person that, you know, had the rope with like the floaty on it. Like, it's okay, you're going to make it. Like, it was just like that, that one voice just basically helping me hold on and like just keep some type of encouragement that I could do, you know, something that I would enjoy. Outside of the physical boundaries that like the real life things that you have to deal with, like, you know, getting to class on time. And like paying rent, what were some of like the mental challenges that you had to face as you were just getting to know like who you are? Because I feel like at the age of like, you know, 19, 20, 21, 22, maybe these whole like all the 20s. Like, I don't know. I haven't experienced that all much of 20s. it. Um, how was it? You know, like I've, I'm personally I'm confused. And like you said, like I am like I feel like I'm just keeping my head above water. And I know like a lot of people my age can relate. Uh, Well... It was a journey because in the 20s, you are trying to find yourself, you're dating. So you got men or women, you know, whatever you're dating, whoever you're dating, you've got other people in your ear. You've got their opinions. You've got older family members. You have friends. Um, and I went through my 20s before social media. Like we had MySpace, <laughs> but nobody was like promoting what they're doing. Like, it's, it wasn't like this. Like, I went through my 20s where people needed business cards. 
and people really needed to hand them out. Like people were making flyers. You know, it was a graphic designer's dream in the 20s. So it was um, it was pretty difficult um, to just, you know, just just keep like keep things going because in addition to figuring out what I was trying to do, I had to pay my rent. I had to pay my car note. I had to eat. I had to buy gas to get to where I had to go. And um, I even remember like starting cosmetology school. I went to a predominantly white school in a suburb, one of the top cosmetology schools, you know, in the nation. And most of the young ladies I went to school with were younger than me. Um, they were like fresh out of high school. Their parents were, you know, paying for them to go to cosmetology school. They, they didn't have a care in the world. And a lot of them don't even do cosmetology anymore because they don't have to. And our worlds were just so different where I was bartending uh, to four in the morning, having to be at school by 8, 30, 9 o'clock, whenever I had to be there. Couldn't be late. I only could be late like 12 times throughout the whole year. Like only one minute late or you would be kicked out the school. And that was honestly really different for me because I would be tired. And then also I had to be there with like a full face of makeup on. And mm. like actually look like something. Really? Had my hair done. Like it was a really elite school. And I was like, dang, I had to do all this for cosmetology. But I'm so glad, um, you know, I went there because it just set the standard for like the professionalism that I still have uh, in working for myself today. Now, you were saying that the other girls, um, a lot of them don't do cosmetology. No. And what is it about cosmetology that draws you every single time? Like you always find your way back to like you find yourself actually, you know, not working, so they say, but running your business. I think it's just like that moment when you see people light up when they see how good they look and then just like the um geometry of it all like the shapes and the colors it just speaks to like that that little girl in me that enjoyed art class that enjoyed science that enjoyed going to the science center like those were my favorite things to do as a child was just anything that was like science related or artistic uh, I really enjoyed those things so it's like when I start like doing like a color application on the client and I'm customizing their color formulation I just feel alive like it's, it's just so rejuvenating for me on your hardest days of going to school like you said you were bartending to four in the morning and then still getting up and going back to school at 9 a.m with a mm-hmm. full face of makeup like did you just not like did you wear the same makeup all night sometimes <laughs> did you do- sometimes oh. I did <laughs> How was it pushing through like those really hard days where you just not only couldn't care less, but just didn't see or have a future like laid out in front of you? Like it's still kind of blurry. What were like the tools and tactics that you used to manage your stress and still like, you know, feel human and like make yourself happy? Really, it's kind of like a kind of like a competitive thing. It was almost like maybe not competitive, but like I had to prove some people wrong. And I was just like, no, like, they got me fucked up. Like, I'm about to show them I can do this. Even if I finish this program, it was an 18-month program, but I'm like, even if I finish this and realize I don't want to do this and I want to become an astronaut after this, I'm going to finish it because I just, I have to do it. And um, that would always be in the back of my head. Like, no, you've got to, you have to. And there would be some mornings where I'm like, man, how can I get up in this 
get up and do this like and do a good job at school because you you have to service um, clients at school so it's like okay i'm tired i'm running off a few hours of sleep because i'm one of those people that when i get off of work i just can't go right to sleep like i'm up you know thinking of all kind of things it sounds like the in-between time was a few hours it was only a few hours and i'd be trying to like prepare something to have for lunch like just just a lot like I barely slept sometimes I look back and I don't I really don't know how I did it (laughs) (laughs) and what age was it like you graduated cosmetology school I was um what 25 or 26 yeah so I was in my mid-20s and how was it like I remember um even just like you guys probably don't know but Chanel is my sister-in-law Mm-hmm. So um, I remember at one point in time, you were just kind of over cosmetology as mm-hmm. a whole. So how was it finding your joy and then almost kind of like losing it again? Like kind of getting lost. Like I think that's what like being lost in the sauce yeah. and then finding your way back. Because it's a big gap. For, not a big gap, but you know, like 25 to 32, like a lot has happened. Yeah. So a lot has happened, uh, including relocating from Cleveland, Ohio to Charlotte, North Carolina, working in different uh, salon environments. Like I've worked in a salon that was uh, predominantly white to I've worked in salons that were all black. And um, I basically, I worked and then I worked by myself. And then um, once I became a mother just a few years ago, I really lost interest in doing hair. I was just like, yeah, I'm kind of over it. But I think it was from just servicing people. Like, I basically just wanted to be with my baby, which a lot of moms go through that in any field. Um, but I think that um, I found my love back for it by just, like, requests from people, like, asking about me or asking when I was going to get back to it. And all it took was for me to take one client, and it was, like, just having that comb in my hand and everything. I'm like, okay, this feels good. And even still, like, I don't plan on, like, being behind the chair forever, but I know that, like, my gift is bigger than even just the artistic aspect of it. Like, my gift is just to, like, bring the best of people out of them. So, um, you know, with me being able to work, I'm only working three days a week in um, my salon suite, but it's just, like, I'm able to pour into people and just make them feel good, and I'm still able to be a mom, and it's just, um, I found that balance. And I'm so thankful I did. Now, did you find your balance with all this before you became a mom? Like, I know, like, being a mom adds on to what you were doing. But how was it just finding your balance, like, in the middle of your hectic 20s and then kind of taking what you learned from there and applying it to being a mother? Well, no, because, um, let's see, I became a mom in my 30s and um, I was a lot more level-headed. So that's how I was able to find my balance. In my 20s, I had no balance. <laughs> okay, it's not just me. No. <laughs> no, and anybody uh, that knows me, like, I'm sure it's a few people that are going to listen to this and be like, yeah, she had absolutely no balance because I did not. It was like, it was like I was like an extremist almost. Like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this really good. I'm going to do that. Okay, I'm not going to do this. And it's like, you can do different things. Like, you can do different things that um, bring you joy. You can do different things that bring you success and some of the things you do don't have to be for sale or don't have to be a service like you can have hobbies which I had lots of hobbies my whole life like I've had hobbies 
And I've always had to deal with people like, oh, you make that so good, you should sell it. You do that so good, you should sell it. You should offer this as a service. And after turning 30 and after becoming a mother, I realized that I could do these hobbies and all these creative things I like to do from jewelry to cooking certain things to just all over the place that I could do these things and just enjoy it. It doesn't have to be a business. You talk a lot about being a mom. Is that something that you always wanted to do or had like dreams and aspirations? Nah, it's really not. Um, I I definitely didn't want children when I was going through my. <laughs> she's like, hold on, mom. Watch what she said. I'm right here. I'm listening. That's my best baby. Oh my goodness. That's Lena back there. So um, no, I didn't want children in my twenties. Um, I really didn't think that I would meet a man that was even good enough to have babies with um because I knew these babies were going to turn into humans and so I just really didn't think I would even meet a man that I thought was somebody I would want to have children with um I was just really trying to focus on myself and just get get through get through my 20s I didn't know that that's what that's what I was trying to get through but I was just trying to get through day-to-day life but like it was never in my mind like oh I want to be a mom you know by this age and like you know basically like that white picket fence yeah like no Mm -mm. that was never the dreams or aspirations what were the dreams and aspirations what are they just just I always wanted to have joy and just feel free. That was really what I always wanted. And do you think you have that now? I do. Even with being a mom, even with being a fiance, I'm not like like I'm not like just free to like it's not like I don't do anything all day. Like that's not the kind of freeness I'm talking about. I'm talking about just my spirit. Like I'm just happy and I just feel good and I'm doing things that can make me income or well, that does make me income. But um, it's something that I enjoy, and that that's always what I wanted. You said you didn't want to be a mom. Were you, like, not dating at all in your 20s, or how was that working? Oh, no. <laughs> just... I, was, I was dating. <laughs> I was dating for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, I, I was dating, and, um, you know, just the people I was dating just weren't the people that I was supposed to have children with, you know? But And I wasn't necessarily looking at them like that maybe a few I may have been like okay maybe maybe I could see that but um it really wasn't until I met the person I'm engaged with that I was like yeah I want to have a family with him it was so weird too like it was like (laughs) I just knew it it was so weird but um and I was like getting closer to 30 I was in my late 20s when I met him which was it was good timing but I know that if I would have met him when I was younger I would probably have like five kids (laughs) not five maybe six (laughs) oh I could imagine he he didn't want a big family yeah so I could imagine yeah I'm not trying to have any babies now I'm 33 but if we would have met when I was like 23 (laughs) we have five kids do you think (laughs) if you were to meet at that age would you be able to balance like a child where you were at at that point? Do you think you would still be in your creative field or at that point you would just would have found something to make sure that the child was taken care of? 
I think uh, yeah, if I would have had kids at 23, I would probably just have like a good job at like a company. I probably, you know, and this is no shade to working, doing that kind of thing because, you know, if you're taking care of your kids, like so much respect to you. But um, I definitely think I would just have a, a good job uh, with some benefits because I obviously need <laughs> yeah. to you know, take these kids to the doctor and stuff. So if I was young like that, I would have a good job. And um, that would that would have been my life, which that may have been fine too, but that's just not how my life went. And is there any advice you can give to like us while you're dating in your twenties at such a confusing age? Yeah, I definitely would tell you to date people that you could see yourself growing with, because you're going to change, and that person's going to change. So when you're dating, you want to be with somebody who's open to you changing. And you want to be with someone who you're open with them changing and you all could grow together. You don't really want to date people that they only want to change you. Oh, that's Because a, I know for me, that's what I ran into. A lot. I run into that so much. And it's confusing to me because like you met me as this person. Mm-hmm. Not, and then you want me to be this complete opposite. Like, Why did you come and seek me mm-hmm. when you could have just found someone that you didn't have to change? And let, and let you evolve on your own terms like yes support is important but don't just meet me and basically you just like the idea of me like I would meet people and they were attracted to me physically and they liked the way I thought but they they wanted to mold me into something else and I remember often feeling like oh this guy just wants me to like dress up and sit on a shelf like a doll or something and be mute about different things and I kept running into people like that and so I really had to check myself like I was like 27 I really had to check myself like why am I attracting these kind of people what am I putting out there you know and you definitely have to check yourself when you're dating and I advise everyone to do that like at 19 (laughs) not at 19 start early yeah you're right what was it that you've found out about yourself I just found out just what was important to me and I I realized that I didn't want like somebody who thinks they're perfect and once I realized that I was able to have a committed relationship with someone I was able to fully commit to someone who he wasn't perfect I wasn't perfect but we were growing together yeah, I think my generation, and like I can only speak for my generation, of course, not cherries, but also since things are on social media a lot, mm-hmm. um, I see a lot of people just posting about, just posting goals, like unrealistic ideas. Oh, they love the word Yeah, goals. like whether it's someone's relationship, whether it's someone like financial status, or like their house or things like that. Yeah. Um, And it kind of ties in with when we date people. Like, we try to mold them because we already Mm -hmm. had, like, two different intentions. Like, we already kind of know what we want. Mm -hmm. Instead of finding what we want, we find what's, I won't say easiest, but, like, what we, like you said, what we attract. And try to mold it because I've been, I don't want to say a victim, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, I've experienced people, like, trying to put me in a box or trying to get me to be something I'm not. (laughs) And, um... I also had to check myself. I'm like, okay, like, I do it to people, too. Like, Mm -hmm. I paint this picture of them in my head without realizing it and then when they don't you know aren't the colors that I put on them I'm like mm-hmm. like who are you like why'd you lie to me mm-hmm. in reality like I did it to myself yeah yeah it, it happens we all do it honestly 
So what was it like when you um were able to finally commit? I felt free, but I was in a committed relationship, but I still felt free. Do you feel like you're more free now than you were when you had less, essentially less responsibilities? Absolutely. Yeah, I do. And it's crazy to say that because I have two babies to take care of. I have a whole man to take care of. And when I say take care of him, I don't mean like, you know, do everything for him, but I'm a supportive partner to him. And um, I do do a lot of traditional things like, you know, cooking and cleaning, things like that. But I do it because it's almost like it's an honor to do it. It's not, I don't do it because I have to, because I do feel free. So I'm happy to, um, do those partner what 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 you could say like partner responsibilities yeah. for us every couple isn't like that like i'm with a man who he's also a creative but he's also a southern man so he has you know different standards than um some other men do like he he wants dinner hot like he wants um dinner cooked with flavor he he wants dinner first of all he wants breakfast too and sometimes lunch like he he expects me to be able to do certain things because he is a southern man but I love it so much and and I'm not southern like I'm from Cleveland Ohio um I'm a little rough around the edges um so I think I'm both a little rough around the edges we both are like he's not like your typical southern guy he's he's rough around the edges too and like I think we just love those rough edges and patches now, how have you been able to, exp- have you found new ways to express your creativity since becoming a mother? Mm. Well, I'm, I do different things. Like, I just, like, made some cool, like, floral arrangements the other day, and I enjoyed it so much. And I was like, wow, I think I have a new hobby. So, that's one right there. I'm just always finding different things that I like. And now you get to, like, kind of do that, like, with having kids. You know, kids love arts and crafts. You got to keep yes. them busy. Yeah, we do painting. We do um, different things where we glue different things onto canvases. Like, it's fun. What's one project that, you, um, that you've done that you're most proud of? Oh, one project. Well, I'm most proud of um, doing an event that I did that was called Breathe, Beat, and Sip. Um where um, we made jewelry out of healing crystals and stones and we meditated. I led the meditation, which is something I love to do. And my friend Shalise um, set up a tea bar. She has her own tea company. Um, so that's that's probably what I'm most proud of. And it was at my friend Maria's salon. So it was just like all this like just black women just doing their thing. Um, a lot of my clients came, a lot of loved ones came. And it was something that I enjoyed. It wasn't part of my trade. So it wasn't like I was doing a hair service. It was just, I was just doing me. Um, And then also I wrote um, like a guide, basically a smoothie guide because I love like smoothies and I just love cooking, honestly. Um, But I'm proud of it. And it hasn't been published yet because I've been running into some format errors and I'm not the most tech savvy person but uh, I completed it when my daughter was only two weeks old and um my son had just turned two years old so um I'm proud of that and I can't wait to share it with others how has it been finding a balance between mom life and Chanel life 
are they two separate lives or like how does that work for you it's all in one because more so than being a mom uh i'm a woman so you know women we are just so um just diverse and like we people just expect have a lot so from many us layers yeah so i try to find a balance i make lists daily lists i take deep breaths i remind myself that i'm doing good and um just making like those small um complete things have like making those completions to the things on my list and just um just like basically celebrating myself like just feeling like, okay you know you did this today and you didn't get this done but you finished some other things and you know you poured into your children and that's that's what keeps me balanced and level-headed yeah, I think um, that's one thing I need to work on more is celebrating, like, myself or just, like, the small accomplishments. Mm-hmm. But just, like, sometimes those small accomplishments, I'm like, okay, like, you know, what's that setting, um, we may only, that saying there, like, we may only be a drop in the ocean, but if that drop wasn't there, the ocean would be incomplete. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, trying to have that mindset, like, you know, this may be something small, but it, like, at the end of the day, everything I do today leads me to tomorrow. So whether it's just, mm-hmm. like, drinking a bottle of water or, you know, oh, something, <laughs> you know, something so simple, mm-hmm. it does lead to the grander scheme, but it just doesn't seem like it at the time. Yeah. Like, I feel like I am, like, in a space right now, and everything's just, like, blurry, it's like you see the future, you see the horizon, but you can't see the little details. Like you don't know what you're up against. Mm-hmm. You don't even know if the road stops right there. Like you know what yeah. I mean? Like it could all be an illusion once you get over there. It's just like so confusing and so blurry right now. Yeah, yeah. I definitely say you know try to think of a couple things you want to get done and write it down because when you write things down, it's um it's there and it's like you have to look back at it and reflect. It helps. <laughs> Uh, yeah you think so too <laughs> Lena thinks it helps which younger you would be the most proud of you right now is there ever a point in time you were I don't know just like a, a younger age and you're like I can see myself doing this or like you said you always been looking for joy or happiness at mm-hmm. which age did you realize that's what you wanted as far as like which younger me would be so proud of myself, I think it would be a twenty four year old Chanel would be so proud of thirty three year old Chanel because twenty four year old <laughs> Nelly Nelly was really hard on herself. I was so hard on myself. I was really trying to figure things out because I had like this anxiety about turning 25 like I thought oh I have to be doing this by 25 I need to be doing that and you guys I was nowhere near close (laughs) but um now just being happy doing what I what I'm doing um you know having a family and being happy with having a family um having a career like I know that 24-year-old Chanel would honestly take a sigh and just be like, oh, I just love what you're doing. Like, I'm so proud of you. That's cute. That's cute. Is there any other advice you, like, you want to, you think is important? Anything that you learn, any tools or tricks that you basically want to put us on game to as we go through these hell of a 20s? Um, God, 
gosh, there's so many, Sai. Um, Go ahead, you can name a I few. Mean, basically, just do what the fuck you want to do. Do just do you. If you fall, it's okay. You're gonna you're gonna be able to get up. Don't give don't give up. And then once you finish something that you set out to do, if you realize you don't like it, it's okay. Just know that everything's okay. You can try different things. Live life. Date date don't don't put yourself in a box meet different people try different foods uh i remember learning from someone that that's how you see the world is through the food of different cultures like live life like don't look online and see people traveling and if your pockets aren't like oh i can't go here i can't go there don't be hard on yourself do things that can get you there and enjoy every moment like appreciate every little thing because tomorrow's not promised so make the most out of every single little thing that you have. Well, thank you for coming to talk to us, Chanel. Oh, it was an honor to um, be talking to you all today. I really appreciate you having me. Again, this is Chanel. She's an entrepreneur, a mother, a professional hairstylist. Check me out a on chef. <laughs> Yeah, tag your Instagram again. Yeah, it's uh, Chanel with an S. So it's S-H-A-N-E-L-L-E. H and there's an underscore after the H. I post my hair work, but I post all kind of stuff because you know I just keep it real. And stay tuned for the smoothie recipe guide. Yeah, it'll be in my link in my bio. We'll <laughs> definitely drop the link if it's out by the time the episode's out. Thank you. Bye. To see more of Chanel, her work, or book a hair appointment, find her on Instagram at ChanelH underscore. That's S-H-A-N-E-L-L-E-H underscore.
We love being able to amplify voices, organize art shows, give artist grants, residencies, and produce unique content for you. To keep our platform going, we need your help. Visit weromfreely.org slash donate to support however you can. If it's $5, $20, or $100, it really does make a difference and supports our mission in increasing representation of women and non-binary artists of color. Thank you. We Roam Freely is currently accepting submissions from visual artists for our March 2021 virtual art showcase. For more information on this podcast guest, as well as submission links, please visit this episode's description box and follow us on Instagram at We Roam Freely. And don't forget, whatever that thing is, do it.